Stand by. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuberless. Let me start by saying that I say at the top of every show, which is there will be spoilers, most likely. This is a warning of them, but it is not a 100% guarantee of them. Ah, you see how that works? <clears throat> Excuse me, something else I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Haha, that's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. I have said that 400 probably times now. So, I wanted to see if I could say it fast, and it turns out I can. Let me start the show officially by pushing this little button on my little phone. Boo. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to <laughs> rough you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Aquaman brand fish sticks. Thank you for that sponsorship. We couldn't do it without you. Well, we could, but we'd not have money, which is not good. Everyone loves money. It buys happiness, I hear. Movie the first, Highlander 2, colon, The Quickening. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode, and I know you didn't, you fucker. Uh, I know that you know, that we know, uh, I am uh, watching the Highlander series, one movie a week for, I do believe, five weeks, if I do recall. Um, you know, really weird, and maybe not that weird if you listen to friggin' 20 podcasts a day, uh, people talking about uh, Highlander 2 on a podcast today and how crazy it is compared to Highlander 1, um, <laughs> which it is, like... It's taking an, a sort of central premise of a movie where there's a group of people who are immortal and they have to fight one another because, quote-unquote, there can be only one. Um, and then using that in two totally different movies that have nothing to do with one another. So, I, part of the problem is, and this is something they... I wish I remembered what podcast it was. Part of the problem is, in the first movie, at the end, there was only one. So, in a fighting scenario where there can be only one, what do you do? Well, you go into the future hundreds of years and add sci-fi shit to it for some reason. That doesn't really make sense. That being said, this is, for me, I would say, can fairly easily fall into the so bad it's good category well. It's wearing that mantle just just right. Like a, like a medium bear's bed. 
or porridge. Uh, so rating wise, I'll, I'll go with solid four out of five. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's it, there's no denying that Highlander two, the quickening. What's going to happen in three? Because we're down to one again, right? Jesus. Okay, uh, movie the second, Justice League colon Throne of Atlantis. Oh, we got two colons so far. Uh, so this is a animated film of the superhero variety, which I think if you were to take all of my ratings of all of these that I've done, because I watch just about every one that comes out, uh, you'll probably get like a four average, because I tend to like them no matter what, because I am not a good or professional reviewer of things. I like most things. This, for example, uh, it's about friggin' like Aquaman which is the most boring of all superheroes, and yet I'm still going to give it, uh, will I give it a four? Yeah, I think I can. It's not just Aquaman. If it was just Aquaman, probably give it a three, but you've got some Cyborg, which uh, other than Teen Titans don't really get a lot of. you got your Superman, your Batman, your Green Lantern, Flash, you know, uh, Wonder Woman. you got all the classic Justice League. Um, then there's a fight underwater because it's Aquaman, uh, Atlantis, Kings, Queens. If you've ever watched anything with Aquaman involved, uh, they all sort of follow usually a very similar formula. And so does this. So maybe I should take a mark off. But I won't because I don't have time to do things like that. Movie the third, Queen Mimi. No colon involved in this one. Uh, this was a selection of the misses. Probably 90% of the time uh, what the misses and I will do on a uh, movie watching night is I will pick five movies. Usually five is the number I go with. Um, for us to watch. And then of those five, she will pick one. Uh, this time I forced her because for some reason she doesn't like doing it. Uh, forced her to pick five movies, so of course she picked three, uh, and then made me choose which one uh, I wanted. Uh, this was the best of a bad lot. <laughs> that being said, uh, I did enjoy it. Uh, I like a good documentary, which this is. Uh, let me read the IMDA. I might give a better description than I could, if that's possible. ha <clears throat> Forced onto the streets in her 50s, Mary found home at a Santa Monica laundromat. Uh, taking shelter there for 20 years, Mimi's passion for pink and living without looking back has taken her from homelessness to Hollywood's red carpets. Uh, yes, fascinating individual in a movie about said fascinating individual. Um, Rating-wise, I'll go with solid four. Um, maybe even some five moments, as specifically probably the ones with Zach Galifianakis, which I won't ruin how he is in this movie. Friend of Mimi, let's just say. Uh, yeah, uh, interesting woman. Uh, and I don't know, like with any human, if she should be lauded 100% of the time for her actions. Seemingly there are things we don't know that maybe she is not the best person at all times. But who is? Who is? You know what? That's uh, something to be praised about the, the maker of this movie. Uh, you could easily take a movie like this, a documentary about a, a little old lady, and make her seem 100% uh, 
uh, just to use one word, good, 100% of the time, whereas no human is like that. Uh, so, uh, good on you. Okay, next we have... Oh, shit, still got two movies to go. I'm behind schedule, but uh, you know what? Uh, the missus is uh, staying at her folks tonight, so I can go as long as I goddamn well, please. Yeah. Uh, next is Bone Tomahawk. Uh, my theory of this movie is that uh, Kurt Russell, which it stars, had the facial hair from... Um, Oh, what the hell is it? The Hateful Eight. Yeah, so um, my theory is that Kurt Russell... Russell? <laughs> Kurt Russell had uh, the, the, the sort of cowboy facial hair from the movie The Hateful Eight, which I also reviewed on this very podcast. I believe I gave it a 5 out of 5. Uh, and then rather than shave it, he just sort of said to everyone, Guys, uh, I have this cowboy uh, uh, facial hair. If you want to make another cowboy movie, we better do it now so I don't have to shave and regrow it. That's my theory of why this movie exists. Now, that being said, as I mentioned before, I like everything. I love uh, cowboy movies. I love Kurt Russell. Um, just period, full stop. Uh, I don't even think necessarily this is a bad movie. It's just uh, it's not a great movie. Uh, Rating-wise, I'd go with a solid four, maybe even some five moments. Uh, four men set out in the Wild West to rescue a group of captives from cannibalistic cave dwellers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, uh, the, the cave dweller folk were uh, a little over the top. Like I'm saying that from uh, if I want a historical uh, uh, a cowboy movie, it was a little over the top. But I don't necessarily want a historical cowboy movie. So good, they good. Uh, cannibalistic human underground dwellers would be Chud, by the way. Chud. Okay, uh, and last but uh, least, most, uh, somewhere in the middle, uh, The Prestige. Uh, quite often on Sundays, uh, I will pick movies that are long. This particular Sunday was, uh, this will give you a little behind-the-scenes action, was Daylight Savings, so I even had an extra hour to my Sunday morning, so I watched a couple of long movies, this being one of it, at two hours and ten minutes. Ugh, did it need to be that long? No. Uh, two stage magicians engage in competitive one-upsmanship in an attempt to create the ultimate stage illusion. Uh, yeah, interesting. It's a period piece. Uh, you know what? I, I, I think this will, despite being a, sort of a Sunday movie... Oh, God. Yeah, see, this is what's happened when your ratings are convoluted. Uh, I'd probably go with three. Enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't really watch again. Yeah. You know what? I have no desire to watch this again. It sometimes verges into a two territory. So there you go. Moving on. Burping. There.
Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Bumper to Bumper Auto Body Repair. Thank you for that sponsorship. Thank you for that sponsor car, you might say, because we're talking uh, Canada's Worst Driver 12. Can you believe there's been 12 of this? Mrs. and I were talking... I don't see it here easily to find. Uh, they have to have made more than one of these a year because I don't believe Canada's Worst Driver has been on for 12 years. Uh, if, is there, that's, that's another question. Is there a, an American version of this? I'm not sure. Uh, regardless of that, if you are an American listening to this and can get your hands on Canada's Worst Driver, you will like it you will realize that there are fucked up Canadians just like there are Americans. Donald Trump. Okay, so uh, what I thought we would do is run down some of the contestants. Uh, something you can do to see if this show will appeal to you is to watch the first episode. That is a dumb thing to say because that's what you can do to any show. No, you know what? Not necessarily you can do that to any show. Uh, because the first episode might be shit, and then um, the second episode might develop, blah, 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 things get better. Whereas this, uh, if you like the cast of, how many is it? Nine, nine featured, is it nine? Anyways, the cast of, it's like nine or ten people, and find any of them interesting, uh, then you could probably safely say that uh, at least while the ones that you have interest in are still on the show, you will like the show. So yeah, that's uh, th there's a logic to that somewhere, I am sure. Let's not struggle for it, though, like I am. Oh god, what the fuck. Um, contestant the first. Oh, maybe I should just say if you've never heard of this. It is a... Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of game show in which uh, 10-ish people come to this place and then are given, over the course of weeks, uh, tests on how good they are at driving. Or rather, how bad they are. Uh, through a series of tests. Um, and really, it's a fascinating... It is a fascinating show, just in point of view from uh, how did these people get their licenses in the first place. Okay, so person the first, we've got Mike Adrian, 44, from Renfrew, Ontario, which is not too, too far north of me, I think. I've never actually heard of Renfrew, or maybe I have. Uh, this uh, dude has uh, suffered from a brain surgery after a traffic accident, so he is sort of the, for lack of a better term, a bit of the, the sad sack. Uh... <laughs> I feel bad for saying that for poor Mike, but this show quite often has people that fit into certain roles, uh, as with any reality show, I guess. Um, so, so you do end up feeling bad for this guy, and uh, you could tell after one episode that his desire is to become a better driver. I, I think uh, because of his brain injury, he's a little... Uh, it's going to take effort for him to become a good driver, but I honestly think uh, and feel for this guy that he will, by the end, not be Canada's worst driver. Uh, next, we have uh, Christian Adrian. 
Oh, no, okay, so never mind. That That's like the person he brought. So the, that that's normally what it is. Uh, a person will uh, say, uh, my wife's the worst driver in Canada. And then uh, the husband and wife will grab. We'll, we'll come to this uh, driver training center. Next we have Amrinder Dua from Hamilton. The Hammer, Ontario. Uh, oh yeah, this guy was a bit of an asshole, uh, which is another somewhat common theme. Uh, learned to drive in India, and maybe some of his uh, driving, let's call them techniques, for lack of a better term, uh, fit more to the streets of India than they do to Ontario. He was a real not very nice person. Uh, Tyler DuPont, uh, f- uh, 44, Innisfil, Innisfail, Innisfail. Fail Alberta, uh, welder, poor driver, stress driver, be crash decades up. Oh, yeah, okay. So, this guy was the worst, uh, which just like human being, if you look at it on paper, uh, because he is an admitted uh, drunk driver, uh, he does it because he gets so stressed. While driving, that uh, in order to relax, he says he needs a few drinks, which is ridiculous. Don't drive if that's the case. Uh, See, I say on paper because there's other people on the show who don't drink and drive, and yet you hate more (laughs) than this guy. Uh, Daniel Florica from Kitchener, Ontario. Lacks confidence. Uh, saw the job louder to work from home. Oh yeah, which uh, I'm actually doing tomorrow. Uh, after relying on friends and family to drive, uh, liability on the roads, d- disinterested, limited knowledge. All right, so yeah, nothing uh, too crazy about her, I guess. Panic attacks. A lot of commonalities with uh, Daniela there. Uh, we've got uh, Diane Hutchings, 33, Edmonton, Alberta. Oh yeah, this girl was just fucking crazy or acting. I couldn't quite make it out by the end. Uh, relies more on spiritual energies than the rules of the road. <laughs> oh, that is a sentence that should not exist. Sometimes even burning incense and reciting mantras while at the wheel. What the fuck? Yeah, she was like comedically insane or acting. She had a magic stick. Let's literally, let's just leave her at saying she has a magic stick. Uh, Cody Jensen, 28, East St. Paul, Manitoba. Uh, Near Winnipeg, it says. Uh, Has already had his driving license suspended five times and is just one ticket away from a sixth suspension. Jesus. Uh, Repeatedly wrecking his vehicle mechanical expertise which allows him to repair even severe damage uh, i don't really remember this guy so it couldn't have been that bad i guess i don't know uh so next we have lou valcourt 41 from winnipeg uh only got her first full driving license a year ago she lost she lost and desires to drive at an early age and when her best friend was killed by a speeding driver oh yeah this girl was probably definitely in the top five of the most terrified people i've ever seen um which is uh, a lot of these people are scared to drive which makes them a bad driver so you do sort of feel for them uh one of the cool things of the show is that 
they have on their uh, show on their staff a psychologist for people such as this to work through things so really uh, really incredible that uh, sometimes it can help in that way last but least crystal mccann 28 from edmonton alberta it is her she was doing it i think it was this girl yeah okay so i was looking for things like what it says here uh, she drives in a way that is rude inconsiderate and unacceptable Mm-hmm. this girl was seemingly jekyll and hyde uh which maybe i should have a little bit more um empathy for her than i do which i have none uh, the empathy should come with the fact that I am seemingly a little different when I'm behind the wheel and that I'm amped up a bit and much more easily uh, upset than I am in real life. So I do understand that. Uh, but this girl, total Jekyll and Hyde of not driving seemingly a normal person behind the wheel was just a horrible, horrible human being. Uh, I don't want to use the bitch word because then you'll think it was uh, because she's a girl. But no, she's just a fucking bitch. Oh, God. No dis- no regard for anyone around her. Passengers, herself, pedestrians. Uh, just would say horrible things. No remorse. Yeah, that, that I think that's what made me the most upset. Zero remorse for her, for her actions and... And seemingly the people she could have killed over the years. Just horrible person. And I hated her. Which is what you want in a reality show. You want someone to hate. So uh, all in all, possibly I will bring back more Canada's Worst Driver over the course of the season. Uh, At the very least, uh, if the missus and I watch it as we plan to, uh, maybe I'll bring back the last episode. Give you an update. Why not? Why not? Today's book banter sponsor is Arthur's Bar and Grail. Bar and Grail. Okay, if you are following along, and I hope you are, but doubt that you are, you son of a bitch. Uh, We're talking Arthur. uh, Book number three in the Pendragon Cycle by Stephen R. Lawhead. Yes, that Arthur, as in King Arthur. Of the court, no less. In a forgotten age of darkness, a magnificent king arose to light the world. Mm. They called him unfit to rule, a a low-born cowboy, Uther's bastard. But his coming had been foretold in the songs of the bard Taliesin. He had learned the uses of power from his guide and protector Merlin. He was Arthur, Pendragon of the Island of the Mighty. Who would rise? No, said that wrong. Right words, wrong. Lee said, Who would rise to legendary greatness in a Britain torn by violence, greed, and war? The Lord of Summer, who would usher in a glorious reign of peace and prosperity, and whose noble, trusting heart would be broken by treachery. 
Okay, so uh, I f- this is one of those strange uh, occurrences where I'm fairly certain, certain, fairly certain that I read this book years ago, but not 100. Uh, percent Let me go ahead and throw out my rating of five out of five. Uh, it's part of the reason that me thinking I had read this uh, and reading it again is because my memories of it are fond. And uh, those memories have held true, as vague as they are seemingly are. Uh, yeah, I, I love a good uh, King Arthur stuff. Something this book did that I kind of didn't like was... Uh, it wasn't so much from the point of view of Arthur as from those around him. And not even so much that. Uh, from the point of view of those who are, I don't want to say in- insignificant because I can't, apparently, (laughs) insignificant, Uh, like, uh, for example, in the, in the book prior, it's, you know, from the point of view of Merlin, or am I misremembering that, Uh, which is a sort of pivotal, pivotal character in this world, whereas here it's through the eyes of not lowly people, but sometimes lowly people, witnessing these large events happen. Uh, it's an interesting idea, but I find something it does is if you are in an epic world where amazing things are happening and battles are happening and, and the, the fate of the realm is being discussed behind closed doors and you are behind those closed doors and can't hear what's happening because you're a lowly, whatever you are, (laughs) you're missing the, the quote unquote action then what is the point of doing that? Uh, It's interesting from the point of view of making you curious, but not fulfilling on that curiosity, uh, I think is potentially not a smart move from the writer. Hmm. Just a thought. Uh, My other thought is, uh, did I already say my rating? I can't remember. Four out of five? Should I give it a five out of five? Like, I did really like it. Uh, but I'll I'll stick with a four out of five. Yeah, just just for that reason that sometimes I I wish I was deep in in Arthur's brain, knowing what he was thinking, knowing what he was going to do, knowing what he was doing, whereas I, I felt like I was sort of on the outside looking in. Now, from the point of view of a book, you're always technically on the outside looking in. It's just how in can you get. Ah, that sounds smart, but probably doesn't mean anything. Idiot. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, Goodreads page, as I do, and uh, it does have uh, an average of 3.99, so let's call it 4. And that's out of 7,489 ratings, so I guess my 4 is sort of on par. Not that I ever have paid attention to that, but hey. (coughs) Hey. Today's game, a Gabin sponsor, is Russian Subway. Eat fresh. Rats. Okay, so uh, we're talking... Did I mention this last episode? No, I don't think I did. Uh, Metro 2033. Uh, This is a video game, uh, duh, that came out quite a while ago, 
but uh, recently during a Steam sale, they put uh, both of the Metro games on sale. I'm fairly confident. Yeah, I can think I can probably guarantee it that uh, the video game Metro uh, Last Light, which is the sequel to this game, I played quite a while ago, probably closer to when it came out and reviewed on this very podcast. Um, but I never played this first one because, uh, I played it on, uh, PlayStation 3. Oh yeah, so that was a while ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the box right now. So I played it on PS3 and I don't think this first one ever came out on PS3. Maybe it did and I just missed it. Anyways, that's beside the point. Uh, when it became available on Steam, uh, for a pittance, very, very good price. It was like for this and last light I, I got them both in sort of a bundle it was like ten dollars or something like that eleven dollars great price for the amount of not only content you're getting but really good game you're getting uh yeah it came out in 2010 came out in 2010 that kind of blows my mind a bit uh and the reason that is is there's the dreaded double is the reason that is is uh that you can look at games from 2010 and they don't look so good. <laughs> the graphics of 2010 compared to the graphics of uh, 2016 are often markedly different. Uh, I'm just looking and notice that uh, I actually bought Metro uh, 2033 Redux. So, uh, seemingly I bought the, the, the better graphic... Did they take the game and fix it up a little bit? I, I, I guess they did. So maybe that's why the graphics are as good as they are. Which uh, is not something in my video game talks I ever really mention. I just thought in this case, because it's an older game, it bears mentioning that it still looks friggin' amazing. Something about these Metro games is the amount of just minuscule detail on every little object... Uh, is incredible. One reason that they're able to do that is that these are not open world games. There's some sections where maybe there's a little exploration, uh, probably particularly in the towns, um, but for the most part you're traveling down corridors from one place to the other and you're not really exploring. So, because of that fact, the areas that you are in, they are able to devote just an incredible amount of attention to to where the whole uh, subway underground feels real. Perhaps, I should mention at this point, uh, what this game actually is. Uh, so, this is post-apocalypse. Uh, uh, sort of a, a, a don't-go-up from underground because of radiation bomb dropping apocalypse takes place in Russia, specifically in the subway systems of Russia, which um, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting that uh, this, despite being a Russian game where you are living in underground Russia, all the <laughs> everyone speaks English. I guess it would make it kind of uh, complicated to read the whole thing. Uh, is there seemingly probably a Russian version of this game? Hmm, curious. Anyways, uh, something else that I reviewed on this very podcast was the two books that this uh, series was based on. I believe I gave those a 5 out of 5. Uh, and something I wanted to say on that note 
uh, was that book uh, movies based on books is sort of a, a common occurrence, something we see all the time. Quite often, the, they benefit greatly from that fact. The, you're, you're taking from a source material that is deep and rich, and there's tons to pour through. You take that, you could boil it down, and make uh, make an amazing movie with it. Why don't uh, video games, which need to be more robust than movies, do the same? Uh, it doesn't seem to happen as often as I wish it would, or I think it should. So, that is my last takeaway from this game. Five out of five. Friggin' loved it. Highly recommend. First person shooter, did I say? No, I didn't. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Spider Souffle. Item the first, The Adventure Zone, live at Boston. Oh yeah, uh, okay, so this is The Adventure Zone podcast. Uh, one of the members which, of which uh, just had a baby, and, uh, his wife did rather, not him, because men can't have babies, uh, so they're taking a little break from uh, letting a the actual podcast out but it sounds like they have a couple live episodes banked that they're going to release during this uh, i guess what you could call maternity leave uh good for us because it gives us i guess sort of what you would call a side quest in fact i do believe that is what they call it uh if you're unfamiliar with the adventure zone it is a dungeons and dragons podcast where uh was it uh, Two brothers, a dad, and another brother. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be three brothers? Yeah. A, a group of guys, related, play Dungeons & Dragons, record it. They say funny things. Cool dungeon-y, dragon-y things happen. Fucking awesome. Uh, this was an episode they recorded live in Boston, as the name suggests. Uh, and it was a little slice of just awesome. You could tell that they were... Maybe this is one of their first live recordings and they may have been a little nervous at first, but the sort of just warmth pouring from the audience that so obviously loved them just to bits uh, gave me a warm feeling as well. So uh, if you're a fan of this podcast, uh, you'll love it. If you are if you have no idea what I'm talking about, this might potentially be a good episode to jump in on just for the reason that it is, as I said, a side quest. So you'll you won't get some of the inside jokes but uh maybe it's a good jumping off point curious if that is the case it may be it may not i don't know okay next moving on to uh the duncan trussell family hour excuse me which i don't know if i've brought this back yet uh, since I started listening to it. I haven't listened to every single episode. I will admit that. Uh, I'm kind of going for the time being on a case-by-case -case basis, which I do with a lot of podcasts, that uh, if the description or the guest or I just feel like it, I'll listen to it then. Uh, this one had a guest, Pendleton Ward, who is the creator of The Adventure not the adventure zone of adventure time you see my confusion 
so uh, that's one of my favorite just cartoon show things, whatever you want to call that, just period. So uh, to hear those two interesting dudes sit down and talk about just mind blowy, interesting, make you think of things from a different angle stuff as what happens on these podcasts uh, was something I would recommend to anyone who has an interest in what I have just said. Uh, next item is uh, GM Tips with Matt Mercer. Oh, we got a couple of uh, Dungeons & Dragons stuff in this. I didn't even plan that. Uh, Matt Mercer uh, is probably the world's most famous uh, dungeon master, game master. Uh, runs games on uh, Geek & Sundry, specifically, I would say. But is is probably, if you know of media involving people playing Dungeons & Dragons online, you probably know him, if you know anyone's name. Uh, really good at his job, and it is, I guess, at this point, his job. He's a voice actor, which that's both his normal job, quote-unquote, and probably why he's a good uh, dungeon master, because he can get the voices get the voices involved, which is always fun. Um, he has been putting out a series of videos on uh, little tips and tricks and stuff for dungeon masters, which, uh, as a player, uh, I find fascinating. As someone who has the desire to potentially one day be a dungeon master myself. Uh, also interesting from that point of view. So if you have any interest in those things, check that out. Uh, next we have Kind of Funny Games. Uh, what do video games mean to us? That is a fucking good question. And it had a bunch of good answers. So go over and listen to them. Uh, sorry, I'm speeding because I see I'm almost out of time and I'm probably going to have to pause it again, as I do. Last but not least, probably of these the most fascinating... No, you know what? They were all really, really good this this this, this week's batch of internet intercourse stuffs. Uh, see, there you go. Uh, this last one is from uh, Lemino, L-E-M-N-I-N-O, which is a YouTube channel... Uh, who puts out, uh, I guess, weekly, bi-weekly videos on a wide variety of subjects. Uh, this one was called The Eight Spiders. Uh, this reminds me of the first time I ever watched a Vsauce, so that it was just so interesting. It really, really pulled me in, uh, this idea of this video. So, we all know, or perhaps I should rephrase, we all think we know, <laughs> That uh, within a human lifetime, an average human will, uh, during their sleep, eat uh, eight spiders. The number may vary. Let's just say that people believe that in your, in a human's life, uh, a certain amount of spiders are eaten while you're sleeping. Now, that is a lot of us know or rather again think they know that that is in fact false it's not true now all all i've said so far is 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 interesting um probably a lot of you have heard this uh i had uh, i haven't said anything interesting yet probably just period in my entire life but uh, more specifically i haven't said interesting anything interesting yet with regard to the eight spiders that you eat what is interesting what is fascinating what did blow my mind was the fact that not only is it a myth that we eat eight spiders it is a myth that it is a myth that we eat eight spiders there was never has never been 
a study, uh, an article saying that within our life, uh, we eat spiders. There was a, jeez, uh, now this is the sort of tricky part. How do I explain this? There was a test. There was a simulation. There was a, a joke. Uh, there was a, a, an experiment. Yeah, all, all those things sort of fit. Uh, an experimental article that went out saying that it is a myth that we eat, eat spiders. So the original thing never happened. The thing saying that the original thing happened is all that ever happened. Does that make sense? Well, you know what? Even if it doesn't, the fact that you could tell I'm excited by this, and I've told you what it is, Lamino, the eight spiders, I even spelt it out because I desire you so much to go over and uh, if my explanation doesn't make sense, which is distinctly possible, go over there and listen to it for yourself and uh, have your mind blown equally. I do hope. What else I hope, folks, is that it is nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper